how can I encourage my young men to look forward to the future when everything is up in the air and all of life is uncertain right now? Hello, everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, we had a question that came through, and I don't remember which channel, so I can't say it was a listener or viewer or reader or what, but somebody in our community asked the question, how can I encourage my young men? I think she had a a, a late teenager or early 20-something. How can I encourage my young guys to look forward to the future when everything is up in the air and all of life is uncertain right now. You know, it's really hard mm-hmm. because those of us who are married and we've got a family, maybe we even worked from home before. Right. We look at this year and think, oh, this was a horrible year. But honestly, for us, well, not you know, for, so much. I mean, yeah, there's a change, but it's not like, you know, try to put yourself back in the, you're 18 or you're 19 and you're looking at your immediate future and, College doesn't look the same. The college okay, experience so is, you know. We have a college student, mm-hmm. and he had to go back to college this fall because mm-hmm. he needed to, to work there to gain some experience he needs for his future career. Right. They didn't even let him eat in the cafeteria. He would go get his meal and have to eat it sitting outside or in his room. He was in a room by himself. No, mm-hmm. none of the campus clubs were allowed to meet. They didn't even have in-person classes. No. You know, all of his classes were online. Sitting in his room online. The only reason he was back on campus was because his campus job tracks straight into what he wants to do for graduate school afterwards, and he needed those hours. But otherwise, everything was pretty much isolated. And, and it was so grim. No- we were just talking <clears throat> to him. He's about to head back to college. And, you know, he's like, well, it's time to go back to prison. Go sit in my cell. You know, you know, so much of the college experience is the social aspect of it. Well, the interaction, the interaction with professors and getting excited mm-hmm. about your career, the right. interaction with, with other kids, and there's none. No, Zero. no, Zero. very little, very little interaction. It's so any hard. Sort. So college doesn't look like, you know, the college experience that everybody expects. Yeah, the single life. We've got single adult kids, mm-hmm. and one of them said, you know, it's been months since I've seen anybody my age. Yeah, I mean, how do you, you know, how do you maintain a relationship? How do you even get a relationship started? Well, you know, if you're in time? a relationship, at least you've got that. Yeah. But, you know, one of ours, he says, how, how, I can't, I don't even know yeah. how to look for it. He was in despair. I was talking to him I mean, this morning, actually. Yeah. He says, I said, well, you know, I know you're saving for your future. He just rolled his eyes. He said, what future? And, you know, our kids are pretty stable. Yeah. And they're godly. They love the Lord. But it's tough for singles, mm-hmm. a lot of them living by themselves. And you just say, well, you know, I know this girl from church, but I can't ask her to a movie because the movie theaters are shut down. We can't go out for dinner because the restaurants are shut down. Well, his you know, church like, meets in person, but they all sit in their cars. How do you it, even talk to anybody? It, okay. so It's that's, hard. So, you know, I think that's the, the very first point in all of that is to recognize that the struggle is real. That it the really uncertainty is. is real. And nothing that, looks like it did two years ago. Nothing looks like it did a year ago. And <clears throat> for us, you know, in our stable relationships and our careers are well established and all the rest of that, we say, oh, 
there's changes. Yeah, there are changes, but it's not landing on us the way it's landing on them. It's landing hard on young people. And I think, I don't think people are realizing it because I see what moms are saying in the mom groups I'm mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. and in the groups that are various ages. And, and I know somebody was ragging on single people in one of my, one of the Christian mm -hmm. groups I was in the other day, just basically telling somebody, well, you're not married because you, you won't get off your behind and do something about it. No. Okay. All right. Well, tell me what's no. the next step, you know? Yeah. It's, there are no dances. Our, uh, our guys love to do um, the contra dancing, contra dancing right. and, you know, the ECD country dancing. There's no dances. There's so, no movies. There's no group activities. You know, there's no fellowship groups from church. It's, yeah, it's hard. It it's is brutal. difficult. And you know what? It, in Romans chapter 12, it says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those, those who, weep. who weep. You know what? We need, we need to, we need to be sympathetic. To start yeah. with, you know, and our sons, our sons in particular, since the question was aimed at them, and I, the same is true for our daughters in different ways. But, you know, for our our young adults to say, man, life's tough. You say, you know, it is. And you, know, you recognize you realize that. That when Jesus was called to the to the side of Lazarus after he was dead, Jesus wept. Even though he even knew though, he was going to raise him from the even dead. Even though Jesus was going to step in there, because, raise him back from the dead. Because he, but, he had sympathy for the very real grief his friends were experiencing. And so we can have sympathy for the very real grief that our kids are experiencing and realizing that it's it's going to be different for them. Well, Hal, you mentioned girls. I was talking to a young single girl the other day, mm -hmm. and she said, she said, I feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. She said, how, how is... How am I ever going to find a mate? How's he ever going to find me? I never see anybody my age. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't go anywhere, do anything. It feels hopeless. Mm. You know, all of our kids are facing that. And even in their careers and jobs, unemployment is high. They're looking at how can I expect to get hired when there's guys far more experienced than I am on the unemployment mm. roles. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It, it and is. So, and so, yeah, we first, I think we need to put our arms around and say, you know what? You're right. It's tough. And I am so sorry. I, I'm so sorry that you're having to deal with this. You know, I think a book I was reading before we got married by Gary Smalley. Let me rephrase that. A book by Gary Smalley, which I was reading before we got married. Yes. He wasn't our pastor. Right. <laughs> it was to say he, he, there was a chapter in there for the husbands. He said, she needs your shoulder before she needs your mouth. You know, and sometimes we can say. Well, I know the solution in here, but they need to know, hey, I want to see your heart before you yes. give me your brains. On well, this. I think that's probably the most critical thing about dealing with preteens or teens or mm -hmm. 20s, mm -hmm. our kids, mm -hmm. is we need to invest in the relationship before we try to give them advice. Yeah. We need to listen and sympathize mm -hmm. and hear them out before we jump in. I think that's don't don't don't, one. don't rush to fix them yeah you know you don't go in there to fix it yet you know? yeah instead need we need to listen we need to think we need to let them know that we care because that will make them hear what we have to say you need to bandage the wounded first yeah yeah so all right so i think that's a very that's that's a good first part and you know we need to think for just a minute what what do we bring into the situation i think 
to recognize that we have a perspective that they don't, yes. you know, and, and part of that perspective, and this is one of those things you have to kind of handle carefully, I think, is that all of life is fundamentally uncertain. This is just more than we're used to. Yeah. You know, when it says in James, you know, that, that, you know, what's your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away because you just don't know what tomorrow's, tomorrow's going to bring. Yeah. That's always the case. But yeah, this is a bigger, this is a bigger upheaval than we're used to, even the normal background uncertainty. And so, Absolutely. so I think, you know, we can, I think we can offer them some perspective though. Well, like, okay, for example, our son that's an undergraduate right now, when they shut down his campus earlier this year, now, you know, they're back on campus in the fall semester, but back in the spring when everything was exploding, they shut down campus and sent all the students home. He was saying, what's this going to do? This has disrupted my whole semester and I got this required course and I've got all this, this stuff that I'm supposed to be studying. And he was really concerned because he felt like he was losing ground in the competition for those graduate school slots. And, you know, you were able to tell him and we were able to say, you know what, son, it doesn't matter if you were going to a little Bible college in Arkansas or if you're going to Harvard University, everybody, everybody's disrupted. Everybody is on all the over right the now. world. And so it, you, you're not falling behind. Everybody is everybody, experiencing this. Everybody is in a skid right now. And I think that that really helps them to say, it's not that you're isolated and everybody else out there is finding mates. Mm -hmm. Everybody is isolated. And it's not that you're falling behind in your co college course or your career. Everybody's struggling. Mm -hmm. They need that perspective. I think, too, it helps to say, for the, to say you know, there are easier times and harder times mm -hmm. in the history of the world. But the harder times are when we see what people are really made of. That's, yeah. you know, when, yeah. when you talk about the great heroes, great heroes don't come out of easy times. No, you that, know? That's, that's quite true. Heroes <laughs> of the faith, mm -hmm. heroes of history, they emerge during difficult times. And it's difficult times that try our strength. And this is a really good thing to tell your boys particularly because mm -hmm. boys love to try their strength they you know they they want to know they're equal to the task yeah and to say you know what yeah you're facing a really hard time and it's going to show what you're made of wow you know when, when you think about uncertainty um one of the passages that comes to my mind is one that we've referenced before in some other presentations we talk about jeremiah when the when the the people of Jerusalem were taken into exile in Babylon and God spoke to them through the prophet Jeremiah. You know, it'd be, it'd be very understandable for a young person to look around and say, gosh, we're in exile. We've been taken out of our country. Everything is turned up on its ear. This is a terrible time to even think about, you know, starting a family or putting down roots or anything. It's all a mess. And, you know, what did the Lord tell the, the, the young people? Well, all of the people through Jeremiah he said, he said to those of you who are in exile in Babylon, he said, go and take wives, go find wives for your sons, give your daughters to be wives to others, build houses, raise families, plant crops, pray for the peace of the city where you're sent. Yep. You know what? Because it, it was like God had a purpose for all of this. And he's saying, I don't want you to just sit and weep. I don't want you to sit and give up, but I intend for you 
to go about your life to the best of your ability. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do it in Jerusalem right now, but you can still have a family. You can still have a life. You can still build a career or a business or plant a crop or whatever, wherever you get sent to. And I want you to be working on that. Yep. You know, and I think that's a really important principle. You know, think about when the, when the disciples asked Jesus about the end times, you know, he gave them all kinds of details. These kind of events are going to lead up to it. This is what it's going to be like when it actually comes about. And they said, when is it going to be? And he said, nobody but God the Father knows. Yeah. You know, and even Jesus himself had uncertainty in that respect. He yeah. didn't know the, the day and the hour. He said, only God the Father. And what does he say? He continue on as he's having this discussion. He said, it's like when a master leaves his estate and goes on a journey, when he comes back unexpectedly, he wants to find his servants doing their jobs. Yes. You know what? We're not supposed to give up, even though we look around and say, man, I didn't plan on this. But I think we can say, okay, what do we do now that we're here in this situation? We're not in exile. Maybe we're in house arrest to some extent. But what, but what can we do? Well, you know, it was... This morning, I was talking to one of our sons who was very, the one who's going back to college, very discouraged. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. said, what you're going to do is you're going to do your duty. You're going to get up and you're going to go back and it's mm-hmm. going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And you're going to pray and ask the Lord for help when you need it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go to church when you when, on Sundays and you're going to behave like the Christian man that you are. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do what it takes to get to the goal that you set. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's awful right now. And I'm sorry. And I'm praying for you. Yeah. You know, and so to some extent, you tell them to suck it up and do what they've got to do. Mm-hmm. And that's not an easy answer. I don't think for any of us, this is a struggle for all of us. But to some extent, the we just have to say, these are the times we live in and this is what has to be done. Well, okay. So let's let's pivot a little bit and talk about maybe there's some practical steps, not just a matter of your mindset, but you know, one thing. Well, maybe we should talk about that in the next segment. Okay. Well, why don't we do that for the next segment? We'll wrap things up here, but we do want to encourage you to check into the next segment. We'll talk about some practical ways to encourage the young adults in your life as they are looking at uncertain times. Okay. So we'll see you in another segment then until that time. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for watching. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. See us on our website at RaisingLondon.com. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at HalAndMelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie or facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.